So welcome to today's episode on optimizing your brilliant brain for work and life success. Today's guests are Mary Rensel and Allie Hively, co-founders of the Brain Ops Group. I'm just delighted to have these two on today's show talking about how to optimize your brain. One of the most important, or if not the most important muscles in your body, and optimizing your brain to have a better, healthier, more productive, and more focused work and life. So these two are dedicated to helping people optimize their brains, to build resiliency, and perform well in all that they do. A few things to say about each. I could go on and on because they're both so brilliant and accomplished, but I'll say a few things about Mary Rensel, uh, MD. Uh, so in addition to the Brain Ops Group, she does multiple different uh, roles in her life, but uh, one of them and a big one is working for the Cleveland Clinic as a neuroimmunologist. And that is a way of saying a type of brain doctor. <laughs> and uh, so she focuses on multiple sclerosis, brain health and integrative medicine. She's a coach, a mentor, a research reviewer, a clinical researcher, an activity director, and speaks nationally. She's even appeared on Good Morning America. Allie Hively, uh, MA, is also the co-owner of Brain Ops. She's a life coach. She's dedicated to helping people manage stress, lose weight, gain energy, and live their best lives. So she has a life coaching background, but also a master's degree in education and curriculum and a 15-plus year in the fitness and wellness and nutrition industries. So welcome, both of you. I'm going to give you each uh, a little time to introduce a little more about yourselves that I might have forgotten and tell me what inspired you to come together and to form the Brain Ops group. Well, thank you, yes, Dr. Thank Laura. you. Thanks for having us. So yeah, we I was giving a lecture at a professional women's conference at, at one time and I, I wasn't sure my room would be full because you know, there's so many good lectures at those conferences, you know, and there's yeah, all kind of, you know, interesting people there and so I wasn't sure who was really thinking about their brain that day, but thank goodness there were a lot of people at the room and Allie and I ran into each other and we had a lot of questions about, after I reviewed the science, about the importance of thinking about the brain in relation to your work performance, right? And and then I, all these folks had a lot of questions about how do I fit this into my life? What can I do? And I was like, Allie, I need you. <laughs> so we put our heads together. We're like, we, I know the science, you know how to get humans, you know, to to prioritize and form habits. So we put our heads together and we formed Brain Ops Group. Absolutely. Yes. We saw there was a huge need among, especially like, I mean, we were just surprised with professional women who are, you know, learning things constantly and obviously very smart and very driven. And they were just kind of searching for how to implement all of this amazing information and research that Mary was sharing and how to like put it into their lives. So we're like, you know what? this really has a purpose and we really want to support people in not only knowing and understanding what to do, but then how to take it to that next step and apply it to their life. Well, I can certainly relate from the field of psychology and organizational psychology and taking all of our theories and complexities into simple and practical tools exactly. and tips. So I'm really glad that you're doing that in, in this field. And I'd like to know, what are you most proud of in terms of how you're influencing how people work and, and live healthy lives today? Well, we have a neat opportunity right now to work with um, medical residents. So we have a course that, we, um, that we've created and it's 
online and our, these medical residents are using it um, to learn some new tools because it's a really hard time right now for doctors with COVID going on no matter what country you live in right now. It's been super challenging, if not presently than in the past year. And the residents are the doctors in training. And so they go through a lot, you know, it's very stressful. They work really long hours. So we have the opportunity to share with them some, you know, some of these, like you said, tips and tools and, and boil it down and make it very practical. So that's been an honor because I, I really feel like they're the future. And so I wanna make sure they know how to keep their brilliant brains, you know, in, in line and how to support it. That is just so awesome to hear. And I feel like sometimes doctors and specialists and surgeons, they're treated like robots, right? What types of shifts do they work, Mary? Is it still true oh, yeah. they work so, so these, many hours yeah. without sleeping? Yeah, there's some new laws here in the States on that, but they, you know, so these are OB-GYN residents, so they're birthing babies and, you know, so they're always, you know, on call and babies don't, you know, always come when, when uh, you know, from nine to five. And so they're <laughs> probably working hard all night and they're used to being sleep deprived. And, um, you know, so we just really wanted to give them some tips and tools on where to put, when they have some energy, where to put it, you know, uh, yeah, uh, just clarify is- what's important. Such a great way of giving back and, and through them giving back to all of their patients. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. fabulous. So what's been unhealthy about the way that we work and we live as a society and what needs to change there? Yeah, I think, year? you know, so it's been a tough year. It's, you know, like you, you know, we've, we've heard in Canada right now, it's a, a, and so many countries are suffering still with COVID and um, it's been a tough year to work, try to work at home. And, and Ali can speak to that. My kids are a little bit older, but, you know, trying to work with the kids in the home and teaching the kids and, um, you know, and, and then going into work and being nervous about seeing your colleagues, but really wanting to see your colleagues because you miss them, but you always worry about this global pandemic. And so it, it's been a tough year and I, you know, everybody only has so much energy. And I think if we can just help folks prioritize where to put it, especially now when people are tired from a global pandemic, um, that's really our mission. Yeah. And noticing that like, as far as unhealthy behaviors go, we've kind of lost all routines that we used to know and connect to. So you may have worked hard to build some routines that work for you in order to implement the healthy behaviors, like even exercise and nutrition. And then so much has changed with this past year that often, I mean, we were finding ourselves, but so many people that we've come in contact with really had to switch into that survival mode just to get through. And so while we thought it was going to be very short term and temporary. It's turned out to be so much longer. So now instead of just using that little bit of time to kind of turn on the survival mode and kind of push away the healthy habits and kind of push away the things that we ultimately know we need to do, that's lasted for so much longer. So now, you know, it's almost like the routines may not be there and we're kind of turning to stress stress management behaviors that might not necessarily be healthy, like that extra glass of wine or the snacking at night or, you know, the during the day stress and procrastination. So I think it's a lot of um, the past year just being in that survival mode and then realizing like, oh, this is, this is not that short term. And so what am I doing that is not really serving me? And what can I like start to kind of shift out of that I might have just grabbed a hold of um, to get through at the beginning. So that's that's really what we're seeing. And I loved how you say not serving you, right? Because I, I think what really stands out to me is the food you put in your mouth, the drinks that you drink, that all affects brain health, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We think of it as weight gain primarily, but it's really brain health as well. And I think you two do a brilliant job of describing that in the brain ops group. Yeah. Thank you. I don't it think, really yeah, I think it's, it's, 
Yeah, it's great to remember that the brain is so metabolically active, you know, so it needs so it needs nutrition 24-7. And that's not something we necessarily learn in our, you know, a grade school, high school, college, you know, a lot of people, unless you're, you know, happen to be in neuroscience or something, you, you might hear about that. But so that means that our nutrition needs to last and help our brain 24 hours. So these short bursts of, you know, a lot of very sugary food or something that doesn't last, you know, short lasting nutrition, you know, simple carbs, they won't last and help the brain and support it throughout a, a busy day at work. Um, so it's important to be intentional. And that's where I love Allie's ideas of how to, you know, get the healthy whole food diet in throughout your day so that you can, you know, make it attainable and, and not take a long time, but have a plan. Don't leave your brain support, you know, to chance. Your brain optimization should not be left to chance. Yeah. And we, we really found too, sometimes if you shift the focus away from the body and the weight, which is what people usually think of nutrition, you know, they just are focused on nutrition for that um, body image and that body composition. But if you shift the focus away into your productivity and into your being able to focus and being able to be, you know, optimized for work, then it actually can take the pressure off your body and you have a better desire to really fill up on those good, healthy things instead of the junk, because you're understanding that, you know, it's not about just body image. It's about your, your being who you are and being the best version of yourself. So that's awesome. And I'm on a nutrition plan. I don't use the word diet because we know that diets fail and set us up for failure, but I'm on, I needed a reset, you know, like many people through Mm -hmm. COVID and through indulging more. And uh, so it's a whole foods, like you said, and it involves intermittent fasting and it's called metabolic balance. But I think about that program and this way of eating and living, it's helped my sleep a lot. (laughs) And like, that's actually the better reward than the weight loss. (laughs) So I'm sure you've heard, like you talked to your clients about that, Ellie, like how all of this impacts sleep positively. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's so related, all of these healthy lifestyle behaviors that we've, that Mary's research has drawn back to like the brain, which I think is amazing because we know these things in such compartments, you know, we, we can separate them like, well, this, I need to exercise for my body composition and I need to do this for this and I need to do this for this, but really it all comes down to benefiting the brain. And so when you're doing one thing, it actually positively impacts other things. If you're focusing on sleep, then you notice that you're having better workouts and that you notice that you're focusing more and it's easier to be productive. And when you're exercising, you're noticing, you know, the same thing. So it's so interconnected that, um, really by tying the research to like, this doesn't just matter about your genes, right? This matters like for who you are and your career and you being able to be the best version of you in, in that productivity and in that workplace and also in your home life, then it kind of takes it beyond. And I think that's, what's really helpful to the partnership because then people are, you know, saying that they've tried to do something for a long time. And when they shift the focus onto that bigger picture, like to care for that brilliant brain, then it's like, Oh, I can start to make this, you know, come to a priority in an easier way. Yeah, really well put. So speaking of brilliant brain, um, maybe I'll ask this question to you, Mary, what is the most interesting latest research that we should know about how to help our brains thrive? Yeah, I think, well, I think like you mentioned, sleep is so key that the research shows that sleep helps our creativity, so our cognitive performance it helps our emotional regulation, which is so important now, right? After we are all kind of tired of going through the global pandemic, you know, so everyone's been stressed and strained in many ways, including physically, financially, connections, you know, the all so many ways they've been strained. So emotions are a bit raw for a lot of folks. So sleep can help your cognitive performance. 
your emotional regulation. And then like Ali mentioned, it actually matters for your physical performance. So if you really are thinking like, I want to start an exercise program, I wonder what I can do. Like getting better sleep will help you get more out of your exercise. Your body is physically able to do more and recover more quickly, which has been shown in high level athletes and folks who are not high level athletes, you know, just kind of the regular, the other of us, you know, that are not, uh, you know, going for the Olympics or something. Um, so sleep seems like, oh, it's an afterthought. Like it's your body, it's something your body just does. But there's ways we can really kind of cue it up to really serve us for the next day. Um, and if you're going for a promotion or you have a big project, it's not the thing to do is stay up all night. It's actually the thing to do is prioritize sleep. You'll have a better day. No kidding. So what's the mm-hmm. average recommended sleep? Because I hear mixed things and mixed I answers know. to that. Yeah. The majority on average, most folks needs, you know, seven to eight hours. There's the rare folks out there that only need, you know, need less. And, um, you know, as you age, sometimes you get more, but, you know, so somewhere around seven to eight. You know, the other study I really thought was very impactful for me was that if you're sleep deprived, if you're robbing or, you know, you're some people just on their own sleep deprived themselves, right? Because of Netflix or what have you, um, the way we perceive the world is different. So it actually changes our perception. So there's been some neat functional MRI studies where the brain is looked at and how it works and, and how people emotionally respond to certain pictures or um, you know, when they were tired, they saw anger in faces more often that weren't necessarily there. So some folks are like, oh, the world's bad. Everyone's mean. You know, that it's like all like blanket statements about things. Sometimes you think, well, how is your sleep? You know, are you getting enough sleep? Because it may be not everybody else. It might be something that we internally can modify, like we said, with our emotional regulation, just by getting a good night's sleep, which is a nice answer. It's not too hard. You know? <laughs> That's so true. I know that when I'm tired in the evening, I don't like to open email because something that would not bother me in the day and I can tackle in right. the evening, it's just, it just has a life of its own. <laughs> that is so true. So true, right? Yeah. So is, is that one of your tips? Don't check emails, don't check messages <laughs> in the evening. It would. That is very smart. Yeah. And to have a pattern of how you prepare for sleep. Allie has a lot of good tips on this. You know, how do yeah. you prepare your evening and how do you, you know, what, how do you make things a priority and what to do and what not to do to get ready for a good night's sleep? You know, a lot that's, of people think, you know, that's just, that shouldn't be a priority, but that should be an ultimate priority. So that what are, if you were to name like three top things, Ali, what would they be? To set you up for good sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we always say like the routine of your day actually really matters. So starting even the morning, And the morning routine matters that like how you're waking up and the fact that you are setting up a routine that you ultimately want to wake up for and then really setting your day up for success because then at the end of the day, the evening routine is hugely important. We also talk about like what you do during the day if you're getting exercise that's a huge thing that's going to help you to sleep better, especially if it's earlier. Mary says like not, you know, not a couple hours before bedtime to let your brain really calm down and, um, and turn that off. But then setting up those evening routines. And if you're someone who is that person that kind of, you know, lets Netflix get to them, then really noticing like, well, what time am I actually going to bed? And what am I doing right before I go to bed? And noticing like, do you have a routine? There's a reason that when we have babies, we, you know, do the same thing every night and we teach their bodies and their brains that like they're about to go to sleep because we do a bath and then a book and then, you know, set them in their bed in the dark room. And so um, I would say evening routine, morning routine, and definitely the environment that you set up for yourself. So if you're trying to go to sleep with the TV on or the light on, or you're checking email before you go to bed, then all of these things are going to make it harder for you to 
fall asleep. So if you're looking at your evening and you're noticing, yeah, most of the time I do the same thing. I brush my teeth, I read in my bed and I, you know, whatever. And then you're looking at your room and you're making sure that your lights are off. It's dark, it's quiet. And you're, you know, aiming for the same time of day. That's going to make it all easier. All of those things are going to be helpful to getting you to sleep. If you do find that your mind just kind of takes off when you lay down, um, then keeping a notebook right next to your bed can be a really powerful strategy that you can just do a big brain dump of anything that might be keeping you awake, whether it's an emotional, something that's keeping you up, some feelings, or whether it's that to-do list that just kind of won't, won't let you go to bed. Um, and just kind of dumping that out. So I would say that's, that's a loaded answer, but routines and environment are hugely important when it comes to sleep. That's wonderful. And I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate all that you explained there. And, and speaking of explanations, I know you have a CLE model that stands for the first part of Cleveland, which I haven't been to, but I hope to go to once we can travel again and get to meet you in person, your beautiful state um, of Ohio. But can you tell me about the Cleveland model and where people can learn more about it? Because we're just going to get kind of high level right now. Sure. Yeah. So, right. So we're from Cleveland, Ohio. So around our town, we see a lot of CLE all over. So, you know, one thing we learned about resiliency of the brain is that, um, you know, it's a multi-system approach. So, you know, we, we tend to be good maybe at one thing, but if you're active in these three spheres, so it's connection, lifestyle, and then emotional processing, and there's things to do in each sphere, connection, lifestyle, emotional processing, um, you know, in our course, we're, we're glad to walk you through it. Um, we have a website, brainopsgroup.com, and it would, you know, tell you more. And, um, but the reason for that is the studies show that when people have this multi-system resiliency plan, um, you know, you have better outcomes. You're a better caregiver. You're a better performer at work. You know, you're, you can help, you know, your community, your family. Um, so we're all more productive and more optimized. Yeah, we, I think that's one of the biggest and most interesting things is that the research, Mary's research shows that like you do need to be active in all three. And so we really walk through like, what are those, like, what does that look like? Like, what do you mean by being active? How much exercise, what type of nutrition matters most, how much sleep, all of these kind of details. And it's not, it's, I don't want to say it's not enough, but it's a great start if you're really good at one of them, but then really knowing that like all three of them are important. And so making sure that you're scheduling time for connection, that your lifestyle habits are actually happening. They're not one of those, you know, I'm going to do this in the future. I should do this. or I used to do that. And then the emotional processing, which we find some people are like, oh, I don't really want to go there with the feelings. And if you start to build some habits around emotional processing, it's really not scary. And it's really healthy for your productivity and focus as well as the rest of your body and actually the organ of your brain. So, um, so understanding that like all three things matter is I would say one of the most important things to take away. That's great. And I'm guessing and knowing this from psychology and from one of our partner practices, synthesis psychology and seeing the clients coming in there for different emotional challenges, I like to say, um, that's the toughest one, isn't it? Figuring out the emotional regulation for people to get their heads around. Do you, do you find that? Versus it is. I don't, I don't think, right, I agree with you. There, there's not a lot of just life lessons on how to do that. So that's like breaking that open and what does that look like and giving people really practical examples We've is really important we've found. So we walk people through how to do that and what that could look like. It could be as simple as just writing down, you know, three feelings three times a day for a week and just get a feel for 
you know, where are you throughout the day? You know, like you said, you know, evenings maybe a little bit, you know, not as patient. Maybe mornings is your great time to plan and make some good strategies. Um, and not judgment, not judging them, you know, just listing them and just being aware, assessing, you know, where you are first most of the day is helpful. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So this has been really helpful learning some strategies from you, some tips, some tools. I'd really encourage people to look at brainopsgroup.com, um, the website, and we're going to put that in the show notes, and we're going to share more resources around the course, the, the materials, the resources that these two beautiful, brilliant brains have created to help human beings and help all of you uh, to live better lives and, and be well. So thank you so much, uh, Mary and Allie, for all that you're doing and for being on this episode, part one. And we look forward to part two in two weeks to continue our conversation about work-life wellness. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thank you so much for joining us today on Where Work Meets Life. I'm passionate about sharing insights from experts around the world on topics at the intersection of where work meets life. If you found this podcast useful, please share with others who may benefit and engage with us on social media. For more articles, information, and tips, sign up for my monthly newsletter at my website, drlaura.live. This podcast summary contains links to the psychology practice I founded, Work Evolution, Canada Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology, as well as my current employer, Humans, a nationwide organizational psychology firm focusing on culture and performance. Stay well.